It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. We've told of Appalachia's most notorious outlaw, Kenny Wagner, who killed policemen from Mississippi to Tennessee and became quite the escape artist. Going back farther, all the way to frontier days, we've told the story of the Harps, two vicious highwaymen skilled in the art of robbery and murder. Today we have yet another story of a man who ended up on the wrong side of the law and wound up paying the ultimate price. Hello, podcast listeners. I'm Steve Gilley, along with Rod Mullins, and you're listening to Stories, A History of Appalachia. Once again, Steve, it seems like we are able to pull out of all these archives and history books and newspapers and everything else about someone who just lives up to the claim and lives up to the, uh, how can we say this, the, uh, the aura that Appalachia was a wild place around the turn of the century, especially from the 1800s into the early 1900s. And into the Depression. If you remember, yes. we've had a lot of folks like, oh, Babyface Nelson and uh, Bonnie and Clyde and John Dillinger. Now, this guy's not as well-known or as big as those are, but in some quarters, I think he might be referred to as the John Dillinger of Appalachia. Wow. And the fellow we're talking about, is named Clarence Bunch. And Mr. Bunch was born in 1911 near Lone Mountain in Claiborne County, Tennessee, to Hugh and Maddie Bunch in a community named after his extended family, Bunchtown. Now, as he grew up, he also became quite hard to handle, learning how to chug Mountain Dew. Now, that's not the soft drink, folks, the hard stuff, if you know what I mean. And more importantly for our story, how to hotwire and steal cars. And Clarence loved nothing more than running the haulers with those stolen vehicles as fast as he could make their engines go. And that bit of life learning would serve Mr. Bunch well as he got older because the one thing a moonshiner needed as much as corn, sugar, and yeast was a fast car and a daring driver who could outrun the police. Clarence fit the bill and soon he was running hot rods on the main moonshine route, Thunder Road. Hey, Steve, didn't they make a movie called Thunder Road with Robert Mitchum at one time? I believe they did. Well, you know, and Thunder Road was exactly all it was cracked out to be. Because while hauling the shine to market, it earned Clarence enough money to take care of his needs. It wasn't enough, though, to satisfy his wants. 
Soon, he found himself engaged in petty theft here and there, which led to a daring bank robbery in, of all places, Ewing, Virginia in 1933. He managed to escape with the money and enjoyed his freedom for the rest of that year that was up until the spring of 1934. That spring, Bunch was at a moonshiner's house on Lay Avenue in Knoxville, probably picking up a load of moonshine. He had the unfortunate luck to be there, however, just as Knox County deputies raided that house and found a wanted man along with a load of illegal liquor. He was arrested on the outstanding warrant for that Ewing bank robbery, too. Due to a lack of space, he was delivered to the nearest jail that could hold him for transport back to the state of Virginia at Newport in Cock County, Tennessee. There, he met a man that would lead him to his doom. Gus McCoy was a resident of White Pine who happened to be housed in the Cock County Jail on forgery charges when Clarence Bunch was brought in. Now, the two men headed off and soon came up with an escape plan. They took a blanket off one of the cots and twisted it into a crude rope, then lowered one end of this homemade rope out the window of their cell where it said Bunch's girlfriend, Nell Payne, tied a loaded revolver to it. They then pulled the rope and the gun back into their cell and waited till the next morning, May 15, 1934, when the jailer arrived. They shot him in the arm, took the keys, and let themselves out, managing to elude the posse that was very quickly formed to hunt the two men down and thus started what I'd call Knoxville's Spring of Hell. Clarence Bunch, Gus McCoy, and a few other thugs formed a gang that began a series of daring robberies and shootouts with police. The gang basically became, quite literally, highwaymen. Now here's their M.O. They would lay in wait for an automobile that tickled Clarence's fancy, so to speak, then pop out with guns raised. If the car refused to stop, they would simply shoot out a tire to force it to stop, then pull everyone out of the car and take all their money and valuables. They would then have them put the spare tire on, and then the gang would jump in and speed away. Then they would hightail it up to Bunchtown in Claiborne County, where they would be protected and lay low until things cooled off. By the end of July, Bunch was getting rather, shall we say, brazen. On July 29, 1934, he and the gang held up and robbed nearly a dozen car owners near the junction of Lee Springs Road and Lee Highway. When they felt they had about pushed their limit before the cops showed up, they got out of there in a stolen Ford V8 and took off. Now, reports had them in Granger County, Tennessee, not long after that, and thus began a 300-mile chase through the backwoods of Appalachia, with Bunch and his men stopping along the way to hold up a store in Dandridge and then turn around and go back to Jefferson County, where he had a shootout with the Jefferson County Sheriff. The chase ended with the gang ditching the two cars they were in, bullet holes and all, and taking off into the backwoods of Claiborne County. After the coast was clear, they headed back to the safety of Bunchtown and stayed there for a week. Then, on August 7th, police tried to set a trap for the men in Claiborne County, causing them to leave the area and return to Knoxville, where they shot a policeman, clubbed another man in the head, and attempted to steal two cars before disappearing. This incident led the governor of Tennessee to issue a $1,000 reward for the capture of Clarence Bunch. He was a busy man, Rod. You know that? Uh, it sounds that way, but little did Clarence know in the meantime that his time was swiftly running out. On August 22nd, word came to the Knoxville police that Clarence Bunch was holed out in a house owned by a local moonshiner in Park City on the east side of Knoxville. 
Bunch had been talking by phone with Knox County Sheriff J. Wesley Brewer for a few days, trying to negotiate a surrender unsuccessfully. Unknown to Bunch, the sheriff had the phone line traced and knew exactly where the outlaw was, so he sent his deputies, one of whom was armed with a submachine gun to surround the house. Policeman Carl Bunch and J.C. Franklin entered the house and were able to capture Clarence. They had a surprise, though, when they got inside. Sitting right there with Clarence Bunch and the moonshiner was the sheriff of Granger County, Sam Roach. Roach led the way onto the porch, Bunch right behind him, claiming to all who would listen that he had just gotten there and had already placed Clarence under arrest. Now, Sheriff Brewer knew when he was being fed B.S., and this was the richest diet of B.S. he'd ever been fed. As the sheriff and his deputies stood on the porch ready to take Bunch into custody, Brewer's chief deputy, Tom Kirby, the man with the submachine gun, led the way. He asked Roach for his warrants. Well, Roach spent several seconds fumbling around in his pockets, but it was obvious he had no warrants. Kirby then told the other deputies to take Sheriff Roach's gun. At that, Bunch yelled, Like hell! This is where the story takes two possible turns, depending on whom you talk to. Now, the official version is that Bunch then grabbed Roach's service revolver and pointed it at the officer surrounding the house and began to fire. At that, Deputy Kirby opened up with his machine gun and cut Clarence Bunch down in a hail of bullets, killing him instantly, 27 shots peppering the outlaw. Others, on the other hand, including his family, insisted that he never tried to get that gun but was pushed by one of the deputies, causing him to run into Roach and the police as part of a dark conspiracy, using that as an excuse to execute Clarence Bunch. By the way, Rod... Remember policeman Carl Bunch, the one who led the way into the house? Oh, yes, I remember that. And, you, and I guess you're going to tell me they had to be related some way. He was Clarence's cousin. Well, I figured some way, <laughs> somehow, along the line, they had to be kin somewhere. But, you know, Sheriff Roach survived and was arrested on suspicion of helping Bunch elude the law. He was tried the next year and convicted on that charge. Now, this has turned out to be a very popular story. We, we have told a little bit of this story on our Facebook page. And as of, well, the last time I looked, which was yesterday, we've probably had about fifteen or 20,000 views of that story, which wow. is quite a bit for us. Uh, a lot of his family members and a lot of people from the Claiborne County area have seen that. They've commented on it. And apparently this is a local legend, the, the Bunch Gang is what they called it. So this story's been told over and over up in that part of Appalachia for several years now. Wow. You know, this is a story that I hadn't heard of. I'd never heard of anybody like Clarence Bunch. And, of course, this was probably just, you know, localized at least to the Upper East Tennessee area. But, you know, that's the story of these Appalachian legends, these things that took place in small little areas that maybe people didn't hear about. But then later on, the word got out was, Have you heard about this story, or have you heard Mm -hmm. this story? That's exactly how this got out. And that story is one of Appalachia's own 1930s outlaws, highwayman, moonshine runner, robber Clarence Bunch. Another part of the history of this place we call home. Thanks for listening. Now, folks, you can subscribe to the Stories Podcast in several ways. On podcast apps like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio Public, Spotify, and more, at FeedBurner, at our website, storiespodcast.net, 
and on our YouTube channel, Stories, A History of Appalachia. Just hit the subscribe button under our podcast episode, if you would. Right now, we're giving you our audio podcast on YouTube, but Rod and I are, well, we're looking at ways to expand into real live videos, telling our stories right from the places they actually happen. Be looking for that over the coming months. You know, that's a little scary thought. You know, both you and I have faces for radio, so we're going to be surprising some some people along the line with this podcast. We are not that pretty, folks. <laughs> <laughs> well, till next we meet, y'all keep yourselves safe, and if you got them, please wear a mask for everybody's sake. So long, everybody. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.